What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Oasis Podcast. Oasis is the college and young adult ministry at Park West Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. Come hang out with us if you're ever in the area on a Thursday night. We'd love to meet you face to face. If you don't already, make sure you follow us on social media at Oasis PWC to stay updated with everything going on here with the Oasis family. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message. Let's jump in. We're going to the book of Haggai. We're going to be in chapter one. It is one of the minor prophets. You're going to go on past Psalms and Proverbs and just keep going till you get to all the little books, right? When you get to those that are like five or six chapters or something, you're getting close. I believe it's right after Zephaniah. We're right in that general area. Haggai, turn to your neighbor and say, hey, guy. <laughs> Y'all enjoyed that as much as I did. This is fantastic. Hey, guy. Chapter one, we're going to start in verse three. It's going to be up on the screen if you don't have it. Are you ready? Starting verse three says, then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. There it is. Is it a time? Oh, y'all better listen to this. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains in ruin? Man, he just goes straight for the jugular. Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. It's so important. He said it twice. Think about your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house. Turn to your neighbor and say, build my house. Turn to your neighbor and say, build God's house. <laughs> and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty? Because of my house, which remains a ruin while each of you is busy with your own house. Whew. Amen. Dismiss. We'll see you on Sunday morning. <laughs> no, no, no. Tonight I want to preach a message titled priorities turn to your neighbor say priorities and i always like to give a subtitle it's just because i'm ocd so if you're really into it you can also put big big house and i hope you started singing that y'all just got saved again there it is hallelujah let's pray together god thank you for your word thank you that we get to be here tonight lord i ask that you would um illuminate this word tonight god make it clear Write it on our hearts, Lord, that this would get in us, that it would change us, that we would look more like you when we leave here, and that we would gain five extra friends in the process. And everybody said, amen. The book of Haggai, a little bit of context of what's happening here. A lot of the Old Testament prophets were writing pretty similar messages. Most of them had two things to say. They came to say, hey, bad things are coming. And they also came to say, hey, don't worry about it. Holy Ghost, don't worry about it because eventually a good thing is coming. Most of these prophets came to the Israelite people, to God's people to say, y'all, we are living in sin. This is a serious issue. We need to turn back to God. And the Old Testament, you just watched the emotional roller coaster of a relationship between the Israelites and God, where at one point they're living for him and then they're not living for him and then they're living for him and then they're not living for him and you guessed it, then they're living for him and then they're not living for him. And we just lather, rinse, repeat this whole cycle and you watch the blessing be there and then not be there. I had a conversation with somebody earlier today. I was like, you know, it's crazy. 
you can watch it in somebody's life. When they walk with God, there's blessing there. You see, the common thread, a lot of people believe that if you don't serve God, he's going to punish you. That's not really how this works. <laughs> it's not that he punishes those that don't serve him. It's that he doesn't really bless those that don't serve him. So when you walk in covenant with God, when you're hand in hand with the creator of the universe, he's hand in hand with you. It doesn't mean that everything's going to be all wonderful all the time but you have him on your side. You're walking together. And the Israelites watched that. They experienced that. They could have a handful of them and God be on their side and go win war after war after war. But then there were times that they went into battles, they went into war and they well outnumbered the other people, but they weren't serving the Lord and they got their butts whipped because if they were in covenant with God, he was in covenant with them and then they weren't. And that's the Old Testament prophets. That's what they came to say was, hey, we've got to repent and turn back to the Lord. Because there was this one main thing that they prophesied over and over, that the Israelites were going to be taken captive by Babylon. And it happens. And like 580 uh, BC, it takes place. They end up slaves to Babylon. So fast forward about 70 years later, what ends up happening is Persia comes in and takes over and gets Babylon out of there. So now Israel's kind of had their life change happen really quick. They were slaves to these people, now they're slaves to these people, but Persia is way better to them than Babylon was. So much so that they give them back their land and they let them go live in it and start to rebuild. So Haggai is writing to a people that just came out of crazy slavery. They've experienced freedom. And like we all would be doing, you know what they start doing? They rebuild their house. They put their houses back together the Walmart's happening again. The local bowling alleys are popping. Like they're going back to life. They're trying to figure things out. And the prophet Haggai writes to them in verse three, he says, then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? They finally are free. And like any normal person, they go into rebuilding their house and they completely neglect God's house. Even though he brought them through all this turmoil and all this hardship and all this stuff, they go into a season of rebuilding and they don't even consider that they should maybe put the church back up. They don't come back together and worship the same way. And honestly, I could totally see how that could happen. They're celebrating. Like, this is a good time to be alive. It's not that they really made a cognitive decision to not serve the Lord. They're just in a new season of rebuilding. I don't know if you noticed, that's totally what's happening right now. We are in a season of rebuilding. People all over the place are like, man, what does our normal look like? How do we get back to normal? We're pretty much all in agreement. Normal's not going to be normal anymore. Like, we're moving towards something else. We are rebuilding, coming off of COVID and life and everything that happened. We lost things. We lost people. Situations happened. Real life happened. And now we're slowly but surely coming out of this, like, Babylon-level nonsense. Life is happening. We're moving forward. And if I'm being honest, I'm really focused on my stuff. <laughs> In fact, uh, I'm really bad about it, and I'm pretty confident that I'm using stuff as a coping mechanism. If I could just totally have like a free uh, counseling session right here. I had to go buy myself a new pair of AirPods, and I used that very intentionally. I had to go buy myself a new pair of AirPods, and everybody just went, shut up. I had this problem. I had the first-gen AirPods. Y'all don't even care, but I had the first-gen AirPods. <laughs> 
and I had them for a long time, and I used them like every day, and then at some point the left ear just said, I'm done. And I was like resetting it, and it got to the point that every time I went to use them, I had to reset, like hard reset the AirPods, turn my phone off, turn it back on, reconnect it, and that only worked about 50% of the time. And I'm so high maintenance that I was so bothered by the fact that I had to use headphones that had wires attached to it. And I was like, this is 2022. I've got to have AirPods. I'm just not going to look at my wife. That's fine. I'm going to talk to this group for a minute. I mean, I've got to have AirPods. I need them. And then I was like super obsessed on it for like two or three days. I'm the worst. I'm the worst. I tried to buy a pair off of Marketplace. I had my brother with me. We went to meet this really sketchy dude and like the back of a car lot. And we, we roll up in there and he's in this old beat up car. And I'm like, we're about to die. Like, it's totally going to go down. He hands me this pair of AirPods. And I totally thought that I was like, man, this is real. Like they had the little thing on the back. Like you had to tear the little cardboard piece off. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Y'all that are addicted to Apple like I am. Like it was, I'm telling you, had both of them. Had the top one and the bottom one. I was like, man, this is it. I took the top out. Had the plastic around the AirPods. I'm talking about this way too long, but I'm going somewhere, I promise. I got them out, opened them up, put them back. You know what happened? The left ear wouldn't connect. <laughs> so I've got my brother in the truck watching the whole thing go down. And I've got this guy that I just handed the money to, but I'm standing in front of his car so he can't like get up out of there until I know they work. I'm standing, I'm looking, and I had this moment go through, man, if my phone is broken, I'll just have to get a new phone. Like I'm just, I'm spending money in my head before I figured all this out. Long story short, we found out I'm like 99.95% sure these things were fake. I gave them back to the dude. I was like, nah, give my money back. He didn't put up a fight. It was totally fine. But I got home and then like an hour later, I went to Target and bought myself a new pair of AirPods because I was so stuck. I was so focused on this. And then I'm so bad about it that I've got a couple buddies that during all this craziness, they've traded their trucks in and got newer trucks for the same truck payment. And I'd be lying if I didn't say, well, I wonder if I could, or if I could do that. Yeah, again, that's why I'm not going to look at my wife over there in that section. It's totally fine, babe. I'm just kidding. I won't do it. <laughs> See, now I've told you all that I won't do it. So I won't do it, okay? I've, I've on my truck. I'm good. But I'm using stuff as a coping mechanism. I'm so, like, focused, maybe even obsessed right now with stuff. Coming out of, you know what happened in the middle of COVID? You couldn't buy a boat anywhere. You couldn't buy a pop-up camper anywhere. It was hard to buy disc golf discs for a little while because everybody was looking for something to do, for a way to get out, for a way to live life. And now we've come out on the other side of all of this, right? And I'm focusing on stuff. I'm rebuilding. I'm putting my time, I'm putting my money, I'm putting my effort into rebuilding something and this week, the Lord was asking, was like, okay, you're putting all this time and all this money and all this thought processing into rebuilding your house, but are you building my house? Matthew chapter six, Jesus says to the, the disciples, he says, therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? There's twofold things in this passage for me. Yeah, don't worry about what you need, but also don't be so stinking focused on what you need. 
The Lord this week was so gently like, hey, let's think about this stuff. <laughs> yeah, okay, let's think about this stuff. Haggai goes to the, to the Israelites. He's like, listen, we got a problem. We're all living in these paneled houses. We're rebuilding. We haven't rebuilt the church. And you know what happens? An incredible thing. They repent. They totally take it to heart. And they go and start to build the temple. Side note, this one's free. The book of Proverbs says that if you correct a mocker, they'll just keep causing drama. But if you correct a wise person, they'll heed instruction and thank you for it. And if the Lord has given me some correction tonight, I really hope to be on the wise side. <laughs> I really hope to be going, yes, okay, yes, Lord, I got you. Let's go build the temple, right? Let's go build the church. Let's invest in not just our house, but his house. Haggai chapter two, he tells them, let's rebuild the house. They go and they rebuild the house. And then Haggai speaks to the people again. There's like four little prophetic things that happen in two chapters. I dare you to go read this whole book when you get home. It's two chapters. I promise you could do it. You could turn it on Vision and listen to it on the way home. You're going to be there. He tells the people in the second trip, he asks them almost like Jesus would with a parable. Now, back in that time, there were all of these laws about cleanliness. And what would happen is if someone touched something that was dead, it would be unclean and they had to go to the priest and go through this whole process to be clean again. So Haggai asks the people, he said, if you touch a dead animal and then go touch food, does that food become unclean? And everybody goes, yeah. And I was going, that's really gross. <laughs> you didn't have hand sanitizer back then. You better go to the priest and get cleaned up. It's just gross enough to freak me out. I was like, yeah, that, that would make the food unclean. That would be a problem. And Haggai says, that's what's happening with this temple. Like, wait a minute. We were just happy we were building the temple. But then he comes back to him and says, yes, that's great. You're building the temple, but your heart's not in it. And it's unclean. Because you may be doing the work, but your heart's not there. What you are building in my name won't matter if your heart is not for me. There's a lot of people, Christianity right now is something, something different. It's just something different. And I, I talk about this a lot with pastor buddies and I'm so guilty of it. The aspect of like social media with ministry is so weird. Can I just be totally honest? That's really weird to be a college pastor in 2022 because every time I preach, I feel like I should go back and cut a video out of it and throw it on TikTok or I'm not a real college pastor. I know that seems so silly, but that's like the normal, right? That, that's what we're living in. We have a lot of people that that's the norm. Let's do something for the church, but is my heart in it? Did I put the video on TikTok because I was genuinely hoping that somebody would watch it and pray a prayer and find Jesus? Or did I post it on TikTok because I was really hoping a bunch of people would watch it and Oasis would explode and all this stuff would happen? Did I do it for the right reasons or, or the wrong reasons? You can build the church and it be unclean. You can put effort forth to build the temple and it not really be for him. The temple isn't just this physical building. It's your physical body. First Corinthians would say it like this. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. 
Therefore, honor God with your bodies. If you've got your Bible, I'd underline that one. Honor God with your bodies. I'm going to say it again. Honor God with your bodies. Pornography does not honor God. Should I just look this way when I say these things? <laughs> Pornography doesn't honor God. Lying doesn't honor God. Um, man, I heard a pastor say something the other day, and I was kind of ticked off about it. Saying, you know, taking a Sabbath day is in the Ten Commandments before murder. And I would hope that most pastors would say, oh, yeah, don't murder. That's bad. That's a sin. But if I'm being honest, I do not take days off. That doesn't honor God. Pride doesn't honor God. Self-harm doesn't honor God. And I, don't mishear me. I care. That's a real thing. But that's a real thing that let's talk about it. Let's have some conversation. If we're struggling, let's talk about it. There's all these commercials that are out right now, and I love it. They're doing it so well. There's one in particular that keeps showing up on Peacock when Livy and I are watching Parks and Rec. And the commercial, this dude, it's two people in parachutes. I don't know if you've seen this. And they're flying down out of this plane, and the dude goes to pull his cord, and the parachute won't come out of there. And the person coming on this is like, I got you. Grab on to me. And he goes, no, I'm fine. I got this. It's probably a phase. And this, this whole commercial so lightheartedly talks about what happens with depression. So you could literally be falling without a parachute and going, no, I got this. I got, let's talk about it. Because it's not good for you. And it doesn't honor God. He has so much more for you. I'm thankful for doctors. I'm pro-doctor. I'm pro-counseling. Let's have these conversations. Let's do those things. Let's anoint you up with oil and believe that God can heal you too. Like, let's do all the things, but let's talk about it. Let's honor God in every step of our lives because this is more than just building a physical temple. This is giving him our temple. So tonight I'll ask, does God have a place in your heart? Are we investing in the temple, into the church? Do you serve somewhere? If this is your home church, if Park West is your spot, oh my goodness, I encourage you to get plugged in somewhere and to serve. We've got leaders in the room from the youth ministry, from the Sunday production team, from worship departments in about every area. I can get you plugged into kids church. I could put you anywhere. There is a place for you to sow into the church. And if this isn't your local home church, I hope you come here on Thursdays and get so filled up to overflowing that you can't help to go back to your church and serve. Let's sow into the church, but let's make sure we give God a place in our heart. At home, if you've ever been to the condo, or a little condo, I've got this yellow chair in my living room. It's got a little rock to it. It rocks back and forth a little bit. I've got a little thing that I put my feet up. It does not recline, but one day I will have me a recliner in the living room. Mark my words. Have you ever noticed that that's like such an old man thing? And I'm like, totally okay with that. I've graduated to that status where I have a chair in the living room that's my chair. That I go home and I sit in that chair and I have the remote because I'm the priest of my home. Oh God, help us. I'm so sorry, so sorry. I sit there with the remote in my chair and I watch Parks and Rec or disc golf or whatever else I'm watching at the time. Phineas and Ferb, if I'm feeling lighthearted. Come on over, we'll watch a show and I will sit in my yellow chair. 
I have a place that's like, that's where I sit when I go home. Does God have a place in your home? My wife, when she was younger, she literally had gone in and put this prayer board together in one of the closets in the house. And that was where her and God would meet. I love that. Does God have a place in your home? Does God have a specific place in your heart? There's a guy named Robert Munger. Y'all totally ought to try to find this online somewhere because I think you can. He wrote like a mini book. It's only a couple pages called My Heart, Christ's Home. It's fantastic. He talks about how when he got saved and he invited Jesus into his life and he paints this beautiful picture of Jesus rolling up into his house. He's like, I was so excited. I set all my Bibles on the coffee table in the living room so Jesus would be so impressed. We had mopped the floors, right? Like Jesus came into the living room. He sat down and he was like, ah, show me the kitchen. Like I was like, we don't need to look at the kitchen. Like we're, we're in the living room, right? Like we're, we're good. They go into the kitchen and Jesus starts looking at what he was feeding himself. And the guy's like, oh, we don't need to, no, let's close the pantry. Like, we don't need to talk about that. They go from there. Jesus says, do you have a study? Do you have a library? And the guy was so embarrassed by the things that were cataloged in that room. The things he had seen, the things he had done, what was sitting on the bookshelf. He didn't want Jesus to see. And then, worst of all, Jesus said, well, this feels like most of it, but I feel like you're not showing me everything. You got any closets in this place? And I was like, oh, we don't, we don't do that. Nah. We don't look in the closet. I'm telling you, you come to my house, you're allowed in the living room, the kitchen, and the guest bathroom. That's it. Because that's the part we speed clean right before you get there. I can't promise that our bed will be made. I can't promise that our bathroom will be clean. But I can promise the floor will be freshly mopped in the living room where you will sit next to me in my nice little yellow chair. Right? We get prepared, we get ready, we have spaces that we want Jesus to be, but he wanted the closet. When Jesus comes into your life, he buys the whole house. He gave it all. Not just to sit in the living room, but to transform all of it. Have you given him permission to repaint the living room if he chose to? Have you given him permission to see what's in the closet and to heal you of that stuff? He might pull some things off of that library wall that you don't want him to see and erase it from your memory. He may heal stuff that's been sitting in there forever. Does God have a place in your heart? Have you built a temple for God and have you made space for him in your life? Hey, guy has this whole conversation with the Israelites. It's like, let's build the temple. But he says something that really stands out to me in verse five. Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Have you ever been working so hard and got absolutely nowhere? Like you spin in wheels. Like I promise I slept three hours last night. I've sat at this computer the entire day and I've written a page and a half, right? Like what is happening? I'm giving it everything I've got and it's not working. I learned an important lesson freshman year of college at Pellissippi State Community College. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. 
<laughs> that was not my alma mater. Let me just be completely clear. No, sir. I got up out of there and went to Lee University. I'm just kidding, y'all. I love both schools. It was totally fine. I was at Pellissippi State Community College. I had missed, I was in a psychology class with the best professor at the school. I loved this class and we had an exam and I was supposed to go take the exam. My brother had like hurt his back. I don't remember what had happened, but he really jacked his back up and they finally got him in for a chiropractor appointment and it was at the same time I was supposed to go take my exam. And I literally like, this seems so silly, but freshman year Caleb was like, Lord, this is a crossroads in our relationship. Do I sacrifice myself and take my little brother to the chiropractor? I'm telling you, I thought I was big. I was like, Jeremy, you're welcome. This is what a brother should do, sir. <laughs> and I totally did. I prayed about it. I was like, okay, God, we'll figure it out. I talked to my professor. She said, that's fine. Come into the testing center next week. You can take the exam. It'll be totally fine. So I prayed about it. I was like, Lord, I'm going to do what I feel like you've called me to do. I'm going to take my brother to the doctor. We're going to do that. I took him to the doctor. Praise God. I don't think he has back problems anymore. I don't know that that's solved. That's not really the point of the story. Praise God. Anyway, we move on. I go back in next week to take the exam. I went in, I took the exam. The next time we come into class, I thought I was being bullied because I walk in and everybody is smirking. I mean, it's like a weird episode from a like corny teenage TV show. Everybody's like, <laughs> Caleb's here. It's like, what is happening? I'm like homeschooled me was sitting down like, huh? Do they hate me? <laughs> I was a very different person at like 19 than I am right now. I was like, oh God, what has happened? The professor comes in and closes the door. She says, Caleb, last week, I let them take this exam open book together in the class while you were gone. And at this point, I'm like, really? Like, you're going to do me like that, God? I thought we were boys. I sacrificed to take care of my little brother, God. What is happening? She goes around and she hands, I promise you, hand to the Bible. This is what happened. She hands the Scantron forms back out. She goes around the room and everybody's like, I got a 97. 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 She hands me mine and it said like 40. And I was like, y'all, no, you're lying. I kid you not. She goes back up to the front of the class and she says, Caleb, they took that whole thing, open book, and every one of them got a 97 except for you. You made 100. To this day, I don't know if she gave me 100 because she felt bad for me or if she just wrote 40-something on the Scantron to scare the bananas out of me. But I walked out of that class with 100. And at 19, you know what I learned? Your priorities matter. They matter to God. And there are times in life when you can strive and work so stinking hard to get that paper written, to get that promotion, to deal with the family drama, to make everybody happy, to do all these things that feel like you're not getting anywhere. But if you'll take some time and invest in him first, you'll watch things happen. That's how the kingdom of God works. It's not like some kind of cheat code formula, but when you walk with God, you can do what he's called you to do. You won't get where God's called you to go without him. If you'll put your priorities straight, if you'll put him 
first. I want to encourage you, if you're struggling right now, if you, like, if you feel like you're drowning, especially going into the summer, if you feel like, man, I'm just barely getting by, I'm just desperately trying to figure this out, I dare you to take some of the effort you're putting into that thing that's drowning you and just pray for a little while. Because God is so faithful to just meet you right where you are and show up. He'll just show up. Are you building him a temple? Does he have place in your heart? This little condo that we live in, we've been there about two years. We just celebrated our two-year anniversary. Praise God. And uh, we've been in this condo, like I said, about two years, and that was such a godsend because uh, the housing market wasn't quite as crazy as it is right now, but it wasn't great back then either. We moved into this condo, and it was fantastic. And I'm going to tell you why, because I don't do any lawn care. About once a week, these really nice gentlemen come by with a trailer, and they pull that thing right off of there, and I just watch them go by and weedy. Now, my dogs lose their mind for about 30 minutes, but I don't have to do any of that work. We had some issues with the AC unit a little while ago, and they came and did this whole like cleaning thing. It was like $2,000 worth of stuff they did on it. I didn't pay for that. Maintenance paid for that, praise God. There are so many things that come along with it that you don't have to deal with. You know the downside of living in a condo? It's not mine. I can't just repaint if I decide I wanna repaint. I can't tear down a wall and extend the house into the garage. Now I have no idea how to do that. <laughs> but I couldn't do it even if I wanted to. It's not mine. I don't live there. I'm there right now, but I won't be there forever. And because I'm here in this in-between, there are certain things I can do and certain things I can't do, and I've just got to be okay with that. Let me remind you, this thing you're living in right now is not where you're going to be forever. And there are certain things that you can do. The Bible says, though the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus came to give you life and give you more abundantly. And that's not just in heaven, that's right now. He came for life and life more abundantly. But while we're here, there's drama. Sorry. Stuff happens. Sin is still real and people make mistakes and it messes everything up. Sickness happens. Disasters happen. Apparently, worldwide pandemics happen. Things happen. But this is not your home. This is just the condo we're hanging out in for a little while until we get to the mansion later on. And Matthew 6, when Jesus tells them, don't be worried about what you're going to wear or what you're going to eat, listen to how he finishes it. Verse 33, he says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. Where are your priorities tonight? And I'm asking myself the same. God, where are my priorities tonight? Am I intentionally investing in the church, investing in the temple, giving my time where I should, in the same way I care so much about my AirPods? <laughs> Am I intentional in the way that I, I serve? And most importantly in here, I'm spending a lot of time thinking and worrying and processing about all the other things but am I thinking about you? Do you have a yellow rocking chair in my heart? Do you have a spot in my heart? Heads bowed and eyes closed across the room.
tonight, I believe God wants to heal the hearts of the ones that um, they've crossed into maybe a, a rebuilding season, but it's been heavy. Like there was some stuff recently, some loss, some grief, some battles, some whatever. You're like, yes, I'm, I want to rebuild. I want to grow. I want life to happen. I want to see the future, but I've been through some stuff. I want to encourage you. Cling to Jesus. It sounds like such a kid's church answer, but he really does have a plan. He really does care for you right where you are. So cling to Jesus. If you're here and you're like me, maybe you've just been kind of distracted. You've been running 100 miles an hour trying to check all the boxes, make everybody proud, do all the things. Don't forget about him. Put him first. It'll recenter your heart with him. It'll rebuke the hustle and anxiety and junk that you've been dealing with. And believe it or not, giving less time to that work and more time to Jesus will make you substantially more productive. With nobody looking around, if you're here and you'd say, yeah, this last season's been hard and I need God to heal my heart so I can get excited again for the future. If that's you, you throw a hand up for me. Amen, amen, amen. I see those hands. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I ask right now that you'll bring a special healing. Like I said earlier tonight, the spirit that you gave us is not one of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Your word says that you know the plans that you have for us to bless, to give us a hope and a future. So tonight, God, we double down in you. And I thank you that you will meet us right there. So even now, God, give comfort, give peace, bring provision, bring healing. And God, for those of us that have just been a little distracted, thank you for a healthy reminder that everything revolves around you. First and foremost, we give our priorities back to you, Lord, and we invest in the temple and in this space in our heart. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen.